G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Coming up today on The Story. For me, being at Elijah Care was, after hearing those stories, was like I really wanted to go there and it was, something was compelling me to go there. And yeah, I'm enjoying it. My life has changed where anxiety's going. There's something, I just really feel positive being there. The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, back in 2018, we did a series of interviews with people associated with the Elisha Care Ministry, which focuses on restoring hope, value and purpose to people with addictions. The series featured many inspiring stories of former addicts sharing how their faith in Christ helped them turn their lives around. What we didn't know at the time was that these interviews were shared with a man named Cameron Harvey, who was in the midst of his own drug addiction and looking for help. After listening, Cameron contacted the founder of Elisha Care, Jeff Marsh, seeking some hope for his life. Today, I'm very happy to say that Cameron is our guest, sharing his story and the remarkable events that have taken place in his life. Cameron Harvey is chatting with Eric Scatterbo in our Melbourne studios and has brought along someone with him. Cameron Harvey, welcome to the program. Hello. Glad to have you with us. And you brought somebody with you today. I've brought my mom. Margaret Harvey is with us in the studio. Welcome to the program, Margaret. Good to be here. Glad to have you with us. And I should say that my wife, Jean, and I have known you and your husband, John, for several years. Is that right? We've known one another for quite a long time, actually, Eric. Yes. Uh, My wife, Jean, and I came here to Australia as missionaries with Reach Beyond, which is the studios that we're using right now. We're recording on the east side of Melbourne in the Reach Beyond studios. This is where my wife, Jean, and I came originally in 2003, and we were welcomed by you and John because you've been involved with Reach Beyond for many years. Is that right? We had been, yes. My husband's been on the board of, um, it was then HCJB, and it was good to meet you, Eric. And it was good to have people here that were kind of welcoming us here when we came to the country. And so my wife and I put you on our email list of kind of giving news updates. And I included the Elijah Care stories of people, former drug addicts, getting their lives turned around. And so you received that. So what happened when you received that email? I listened to it and, mm-hmm. and I thought, wow, this is something that our son Cam would be really interested in. And so I shared it with him and he, um, yeah, he listened to them. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to find out the impact those interviews had on his life in just a little bit. But Cameron, let's go all the way back to your childhood and find out about your story. Where were you born and raised? I've been brought up in Melbourne in the southeastern suburbs. Mm-hmm. And we grew up in East Burwood, so I was growing up with two older sisters and an older brother. Yeah, it was a happy lifestyle, Mm -hmm. really good. And then when you were nine years old, your life kind of changed a little bit, or your family's life, I should say. It did, because mum changed her life in since she came to the Lord. Okay, well, let's find out about that from you, Margaret. What happened? Well, it was actually our eldest daughter 
who met a young girl at a high school on her orientation day. And uh, she invited our eldest daughter, Michelle, to Girls' Brigade. And so being a mum and wanting to know what was going on, I thought, I'm not sending my kids somewhere where I don't, you know. And um, so I went to church. I have to say there was always that um, desire for my kids and for us to be churchgoers. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't a part of your background at that time? No, no. It wasn't. And so I went down to Girls' Brigade and then I went to Blackburn Baptist Mm -hmm. and I felt like I'd come home. It was a great experience. Oh, okay. So you were in your late 30s at the time? Yeah, I was in my late 30s, yes. So um, that was a life-changing experience for us. Okay, Cameron, so what did you think when all of a sudden your mother changed her lifestyle and became a Christian? Yeah, it was a bit of a struggle because I remember I was in grade five and I was looking forward to grade six because there was an end of a year concert. And at the end of grade five, I was sort of dragged away into a Christian school there. Oh, you had to change schools? Yes. Okay. And it was interesting because I was hanging around with these group of guys that I sort of left them. Mm-hmm. And in a later date, I met up with them again and never had contact. But I didn't understand it, Christianity, and I... So it was kind of just thrust upon you. In, Whereas, in, Margaret, you made a choice yeah, and wanted the best for your son and for yeah. your children. But for you, you're just like, hey, all of a sudden I'm... Yeah, I was doing Bible studies. I remember going to school, having to learn the books of the Bible, just a lot of things that I saw in my life that I was thinking, well, you know. And how did you feel about learning about God in the Bible? Look, I, I didn't mind it. I wasn't, you know, I didn't want to really kick my heels up about it. But it was a struggle because I used to come home and was made to do Bible study at home where my older siblings were um, doing their own things. And I, I was always thinking, why am I doing this? Mm. What's the reason behind it? I didn't see the bigger picture back then. Mm. And then when you were 18 years old, you kind of felt liberated. Would that be a fair way of putting it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that. What happened? I chose to go on my own little path, drugs and alcohol and... This is where I met back with this group of guys that I was telling you earlier mm-hmm. on. Yeah. went to school with in mm-hmm. my preschool. Sort of bumped back in with that crowd, and yeah, it was just a crazy mm-hmm. lifestyle, I could say. Mm-hmm. Now, Margaret, going back to you, obviously you wanted the best for your children and for Cameron specifically. How did you feel about getting your your son involved in spiritual things? Oh, well, I didn't have any problems with it at all. As a young adult, the kids would always come. It was sort of a Christmas present for me mm-hmm. that they would all come to church on Christmas Day. And numbers of people had come up to me and said, the Spirit's on that boy. Mm. It's really, I can see it. And our senior pastor also said, watch that boy, mm. watch him. So that had to make you feel very special that you know people are seeing... Your mm. son has all this spiritual potential, mm. but yet, as soon as you turn 18, he didn't want to have anything to do with mm. church, it sounds like. Mm. How did that make you feel? 
Um, I remember someone saying to me, the prayers of a righteous woman availeth much. Mm -hmm. And so I just kept praying. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then meanwhile, Cameron, you were getting a little bit more and more rebellious at that time in your young adult years. Yes, I was, yes. It was a drinking and drugging and, yes, there was a, some stories that, yeah, I could go on about, yes. But one particular story we want you to share is when you were 24 and were in a motorcycle accident? Yeah, I'd got into motocross riding and um, I thought I'd, one afternoon I'd fixed up the motocross bike and I remember um, I took it out for a spin I was flapjack going down this track and clipped this pole. The handlebars bent when I clipped the pole. I got pushed off the front of the bike because I hit it with all this force and flung through the air, head to toe, mm -hmm. landed on my buttocks and my hip exploded. Oh, wow. And I didn't think much of it. I got up. I, you I've didn't got think a, much of it? No. I got up and trying to start my bike again the left side of the handlebars bent straight up yeah and i virtually passed out fell off the bike and passed out and i was there for hours apparently from what i'm hearing mm. but next minute i wake up and i'm in hospital and i was struggling to breathe and i had a nurse holding my hand saying just hold on cameron hold on you've lost so much blood mm. and we can't give you painkillers so you've got to toughen this out for the time being. Wow. This is a story that we've heard. Cameron was off his bike. He was on the ground. It was dark. It was in a parkway. Mm -hmm. And this guy took his dog for a walk and found Cameron. Otherwise, oh. he would have died. Wow. If it wasn't for him. It wasn't for him. There. Cameron would not be here today. So what impact did that have on your life at that time, Cameron? Um, yeah, I basically, I was in the trauma ward at the Alfred for about six weeks, mm -hmm. and that was pretty um, depressing for me, and I was saying a lot. I wanted to change my life back then, and I just thought God had his hand on me. Mm -hmm. So from that point, way back then, when you were 24 years old, you felt God had his hand on you? I did, yes, but I... Virtually after about 12 months, I turned my eyes again and started going back on my road. Mm. And yeah, went back into that part of my circle and was back in that lifestyle again. So you had a desire, the spirit was willing, mm. uh, but the body was weak as far as actually changing your life and changing your path. Yeah, you could say the flesh wanted that, that other desire mm. in, in mm. a sense. Now, I should say you are here with your mother. I didn't know you were coming with your mother, which is a pleasant surprise because I know <laughs> Margaret, so good to see you again, Margaret. Uh, but the reason why you're here with your mother is that you can't drive. You don't have a license. Yeah. Tell us, and tell the, us why. The reason behind that was I, in my later years, which is about three years ago from this date, I was still in my alcoholism days and I'd had a bit to drink and um, got in mum and dad's car because they'd given me the usage of that car. Got out of the front of their property and drove up the road and side-clipped a car. And I ended up walking off from the car. And from my recollection, I'd blacked out. I didn't realise what was going on. Mm. And 
I woke, came to with police officers standing around me saying, blow, blowing this. And I was just an angry man, mm. very angry, upset. Yeah, emotionally, just that's it. I'm mm. over this, you know. So what would you say was the lowest point in your alcoholism? Um, that was a point which pushed me to the point where I wanted to really change my life. Really, and I'd, I'd had enough. You're listening to The Story. Our guest today is Cameron Harvey, who's sharing his life journey along with his mother, Margaret Harvey. Next, we'll hear more of Cameron's story, including what led him to entering a Christian rehabilitation centre and beginning his road to recovery. All that and more when we return. The story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1 800 Pray For Me. That's 1 800 772 936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Cameron Harvey, who's sharing his life journey, along with his mother, Margaret Harvey. As we heard before the break, Cameron had reached a low point in his life and desperately needed hope. Now, we'll find out what happens next as they continue their chat with Eric Scatterbo. Margaret, you must have been, well, at this point, wanting to help your son, but it's been several years now. It's been over 20, 30 years going down a path kind of a of rebellion against God. Were you kind of desperate to try to anything to help him to turn his life around? Well, I guess, you know, over many years, um, Cam had been involved with an Alpha course. Mm-hmm. Which is basically an introduction to Christianity. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he'd been involved with the Life Keys program, mm-hmm. the Man Alan to Man. Life yes. Keys program. Um, we'd been to Alcoholics Anonymous. So there were times when the Word of God and truth and all that was inputted into your life. Mm-hmm. Correct, yes. At mm-hmm. times. Yes. But it never really took, it sounds like. He went to um, to stairways to their healing rooms mm-hmm. and really felt that the Holy Spirit was really touching him then because he just walked in the door and, and cried the whole time we were there. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like there was kind of a tug of war going on inside of you, is that... A fair way to put yeah, it? Yeah, it's bringing tears to me. I used to bring that back now. But um, I remember the lady praying for me and she said, because I had a, I've been diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis. What is uh, that? It's a blood disorder. Mm-hmm. And I went in there for healing and, and she said, this is not about the healing, Cameron, I don't think. God wants you to follow me, you know, mm. give your heart. You knew God wanted you. Yeah. But yet... You still kind of had to reach that lowest point, it sounded like. Yep. And in the meantime, um, Cameron had been married. He'd married an Indonesian lady and brought her to Australia, and that hadn't worked well. Um, And I think, you know, there was a lot of hurt for Cam in that time Mm. uh, because they separated. Mm. So, you know, there was that tug of the hurt Mm -hmm. and the Mm -hmm. disappointment Mm -hmm. of that broken marriage too. So all that's contributing to your, well, general miserableness, would that be a fair way of putting it? Yeah, and my way of dealing with it was having a drink or, you know, 
Kind of self-medicating to yeah, kill yeah, the pain? Yeah, yeah. Go away and mm. have a drink and push it all on the table and hopefully it's gone mm. tomorrow. But. Mm. but at the same time, there was something inside you that was kind of drawing you to the Lord, it sounds like. Yeah, there was a pull there, yeah. Mm-hmm. While Cam was married, he, he was part of a home group with his wife and he met some really great people through that. Mm-hmm. So as a mother, as a parent... You're still praying mm. and hoping that, mm. you know, this is going to change his life. Mm. It's a long time you've been praying. Yeah, I always had that picture in mind, Eric, of, you know, the beauty and the beast. <laughs> <laughs> how does that apply? That one day he would be a prince. <laughs> oh, I got you. I was wondering how that applied. Yeah, yeah. So you just never gave up hope. No, never gave up hope. Mm-hmm. And if there was any opportunity that I saw that I felt that was God saying to me, share that with Cameron. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I heard through you sending me an email about mm-hmm. these podcasts. Mm-hmm. I listened to them. And I thought, wow, this is something that Cameron might be interested in. Mm-hmm. The Elijah uh, Care interviews with all these people's uh, yeah, former yeah. drug addicts sharing about how the Lord changed their lives. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well... Let's share them with Cam if he's interested mm-hmm. and he listened. Yeah, so what did you think when you got these interviews? Um, yeah, it really stirred me emotionally in my heart. And I was at the point at my crossroad probably thinking you know, I really wanted some change. I've had enough. So, so that was it? Yeah. So what did you do? I was texting Jeff. Jeff March, the yeah, founder of Elijah Care. Yes, and we communicated and... I couldn't get in with him at that time, so I went down to Rima and spent 13 months at Rima on the farm down there. That's a Christian drug rehabilitation program? With Pastor Lewis Mm -hmm. that runs it, and that was a testing time for me, but I stuck through it, and I always used to say I wanted to go, but I, I was determined to stay, and my prayer was, God just said, stay, Cameron, tomorrow. Oh, oh, you're saying you wanted to leave the program. <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah. even when you were there yes, to get help, yes. part of you wanted to, to yes, get out of there. Yes, yes. It but was, you stuck it out. I did, and my prayer was God was saying, just stay, tomorrow's a new day, and it sorted itself out. Mm-hmm. You could see that physically. Things did work its way through. But there were points there that that prayer, I, I was blown away by that. So, yeah, tell us the story of uh, the guy who lost his keys. Um, yeah, he'd lost his keys. He'd come up and he just said, Cam, Cam, I've lost my keys. And, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll look for him, all right? Just, mm-hmm. You know? And I thought, oh, well, I'll just pray. I just prayed a simple pray, God, if you really are there, you know, point me in the right direction or point us in the right direction. You don't have to show me. Show me a simple little miracle. And it was three hours later. We're sitting there eating lunch. Justin got up, walked straight over to the bin, and he just pulled the keys out of the bin. Huh. He lost them in the bin. <laughs> yeah. And... He said to me something was compelling me just to get up and go over to the bin hmm. and look for it. And and I sort of questioned him about it. We he went, and he goes, no, 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 something really was driving me to go over because we'd had, we'd had to look around the place hmm. for it. And I, I just thought, you know, that was a little miracle in itself. So, yeah. So I was blown away a bit from that. So. so did you dedicate your life to the Lord while you were in rehab? Yes, I, I have, yes. And there's a better life for me. 
Amen. So you're seeing God providing, doing things in your life. Yeah. And I understand that you even shared a bit. You were asked to share in front of other people. Correct. Uh, so I'm now in Elijah Care. Mm-hmm. So spending some time there. I'm oh, so you finished your time in in, the, Re- in Rima, yes, at the drug rehab center. Yep. And then now you're with Elijah Care. Y- yes. And I'm trying to. It was more about community and growing mm-hmm. in faith for me. So I've shared a bit. I think God's been trying to say to me, you know, a bit about the prodigal son, mm-hmm. the parable of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And it was on my heart when I was in Rima for the first few weeks there. So I shared a bit of the story about that. So so you're actually like preaching in front of other guys. Y- yeah, yeah. It was. Did you ever think that was going to happen to you in your life? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> What did you share? I just talked about me, about my journey, mm-hmm. and how that parable is probably a part of everyone's life mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah, yeah. That, just an aside, when Cam was at um, Waverley Christian Fellowship, he wrote a story about the prodigal son, which was a fantastic story. About- oh, way back in his childhood. Yes, yeah. And oh. so this has been like an ongoing yeah. story yeah. through his life. Mm. Mm. Coming got a, back to you all these years later. Mm. Yes. Uh, I've got a, I wrote a paper on the prodigal son, mm-hmm. a parable of the prodigal son, and I got an A+. plus. So God might be talking to me through this. So he probably is, mm-hmm. that there is a better life. Mm-hmm. And I'm back with the Father. And Amen. All, and, yeah, life's changed for me in a big way. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about being at Elijah Care, the ministry that you initially heard about through these radio interviews? Was it kind of special to finally be at that ministry? Y- yeah. For me, being at Elijah Care was, after hearing those stories, it was like I really wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. And it was, something was compelling me to go there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm enjoying it. My life has changed where, you know, I anxiety's going. Um, I'm humble, more humble, patient, and I'm just enjoying. There's something I just really feel positive being mm-hmm. there. Just taking one day at a time. Yes, yes. Serving the Lord. Yes. I just do what I have to do and be patient. Patience is a big key, I think. Mm. You're growing. Margaret, you've been praying many, many years. Mm -hmm. What did you think when your boy, who is lost but is now found, what did you think when he finally went to a drug rehab center? Um, I was very relieved, actually, that, you know, he was putting something in place to try and move on in his life. Yes, to grow, Mm -hmm. to mature. Mm -hmm. Mm. And finally... Cameron, what are you doing at the Elijah Care Ministry? Me, I'm growing in the sense I'm a I'm a qualified electrician. So Jeff's giving me opportunities. So we've built a bit of a bond, a friendship. Mm-hmm. So which is great, and I'm helping with the the work crews during the week, and being a part of the Bible study commitments during the week mm-hmm. as well. And, yeah, I'm enjoying it, really am. And the other thing, Cam, is Pastor Lewis. 
I think things highly of Cam because mm. he keeps inviting him back to do electrical work down at uh, <laughs> Rima. Yes, mm. there you go. Mm. So, so you're helping in many ways. And a friendship too that he's formed with another Christian guy. Um, and, you know, a lot of work's come out of that. So I really think God's blessing Cam in not just in um, his spiritual journey, but in his work life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. beyond. So how does the future look for Cameron Harvey? Um, look, I, I've got to keep my armour on and keep keep the fight up because mm-hmm. I, I can't fall back into that path. But it's looking a lot better. And we've God, number one guy above me, um, mm, looking down on me. Um, no, I can see a brighter future. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It is. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Cameron Harvey and Margaret Harvey mother of Cameron Harvey. Thank you both for sharing this wonderful story with us today. Thank you. Well, what a wonderful story of restoration. It was great to hear Cameron Harvey sharing his inspiring story along with his mother, Margaret Harvey. And to think, it all started with Cameron hearing the interviews we broadcast back in 2018, featuring stories of several former addicts connected with the Elisha Care Drug Rehabilitation Ministry. It's remarkable. One of the stories we heard was that of the founder of Elisha Care, Jeff Marsh, who at one point in his life thought he was nothing and of no value whatsoever. But nothing could have been further from the truth. Jeff's life and the lives of so many other former addicts are giving hope to many other people who are in similar circumstances. It reminds me of the quote that says, Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. All of us are sinners and fall short of the glory of God. But if we put our faith in the Lord, we can tell other people our stories and how he has set us free. And if you haven't heard the series of interviews we did with people associated with Elisha Care, I strongly encourage you to go back into our archives. You can find old episodes of the story at vision.org.au forward slash the story. That's vision.org.au forward slash the story. What you'll hear in the Elisha Care series is one broken life getting healed and then touching another broken person's life and so on and so forth. And I am so thankful that this program was able to play a role in Cameron hearing these stories and ultimately having his life turned around as well. That's fantastic. Finally, to learn more about the Elisha Care Ministry, their website is elishacare.org. That's Elisha, E-L-I-S-H-A, care. Well, thanks for joining us for this continuing story of lives being touched. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story, just another way vision is connecting faith to life.